Hello, and welcome to the Special Needs Sibling Podcast, where we talk about what life is really like as a sibling to someone with special needs. I'm your host, Charlene, and today our guest is Cheryl. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so I think what you were one of the first people that either I found or you found me on Instagram. So that was really exciting because I was like, oh, like someone like likes my account. So that was really exciting. So I really appreciate that. Oh, no worries. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, since you're here, so could you lay out, um, your family structure, kind of like you, your siblings, uh, who has a disability and a little bit about the person with the disability? Sure. My name is Cheryl Albright. I am the youngest of, um, uh, just me and my brother. So my brother is four years older than I am. His name is James and he has autism, uh, and is non-speaking. Cool. Um, my sister speaks a little bit, but not in full sentence structure. Um, so I kind of feel some of your pain in the kind of the like the non-communicative uh, area. Um, and so one of the interesting things that we had talked about before um, we were recording was that you had actually been on a various interviews and some blogs and stuff. Um, and you actually have your own blog, which I'm sure that will come up later. Um, and so... There are things that I actually want to talk to you about, but was there anything that you wanted to bring up before I jump into me asking you questions? No, you can go. You can go right ahead. That's fine. Cool. Um, so one of the things that I kind of thought was interesting when we we're talking was just kind of um, we can either start with kind of the parent sibling dynamic, or kind of like the the therapy holistic healing kind of journey that you've kind of been on. Um, so wherever. Or however you want to correct, yeah. I, I'm sure one leads into the other. So, yeah, I. it was just the two of us growing up. My mom left when we were 12, and so then my brother went into a group home at 16. And so as far as, like, parent-sibling relationship, uh, he was closest with my father because he, he tried doing it alone for a while and just couldn't do it. He's got too many high needs. And as a teenager, he had even more needs. And so this is, so remember when he was diagnosed, I call it pre-Rain Man. So before 1980. And so Mm -hmm. the services and things uh, and people's thoughts and perceptions around autism are very different. At the time, it fell under the diagnosis of MR, which is not even something they use anymore. It's intellectual disability. Okay. And so they just assumed that he couldn't learn things. And so he wasn't even potty trained until he went into the group home. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Because they just didn't think that that was a thing. They didn't think that was possible. Right? And so level of high needs. He is Houdini. He can get out of anything. He can unlock anything. He can (laughs) get out of the house. I mean, he... I don't have children and drive a minivan because it has more safety features on it so he cannot get out of the car unless i open the door oh interesting oh yeah because you have like you can lock the doors from from any door and any place and like that oh that's so interesting huh and yeah so i mean he had a very you had to keep your eyes on him 24 7. Mm -hmm. so i was kind of left to my own devices which i know a lot of sibs can relate to it's just there was nobody else, though. So there's that. And I, you know, on the blog, I t- turned the, the definition, you know, unintentional neglect, where 
mm-hmm. you know, some of us to an extent do get neglected, not maliciously, only because the needs of the other child or children were higher and you just had to figure things out on your own. And as a teenager, that's probably not the greatest. Um, So there's definitely had some rough years in there and went to college, became an occupational therapist, you know, ended up back in my home near my hometown. And I kind of got to a point in my couple of years out in my career where I was like, now what? Like this, this is it? Like this is all I'm supposed to be doing? Like I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't really get it. Um, I did have a rough time uh, with drugs and alcohol, and so I was looking for something. I didn't know what that something was. Okay. And, yet, and I don't. I mean, I had a good, I had a good group of friends. I had, you know, I had a good job. It wasn't, you know, but it was like now what? This, this yeah, like life? on paper like, you have everything that you could want right. but it's like needs. once yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it was kind of like now what and I remember um I would start going back to school and start other degrees and then never finish them and it was kind of like I didn't I didn't know what I was looking for it was mm. just kind of like I don't I don't know and my accountant of all people was like well you keep going back to school but this year you're not in school and you need a tax write-off it's kind of similar so go find some continuing ed course that is kind of a bigger expense than you normally would. <laughs> That's and I, and I was like, interesting. All right. yeah. I was like, okay. And so back yeah. in the day, we used to get these circulars called um, OT practice. They had them for PT and speech and every all the allied health professions, but they had continuing ed in the back of them, like kind of like a newspaper. Oh, like at the end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But that's what it felt like. Like the paper was that kind of like newspapery kind yeah. of. And so yoga for the special child was in there. And I was like, Ooh, a week in Florida. Okay. Like I had no idea <laughs> what I was walking into yeah. or what had happened really. And ever I've been studying with them ever since then. That was in 2009. And so even after the first week, I was off of some of my medications and was like, what is this? And then I just, I was like, well, clearly it's doing something. So I'm going to go home and keep trying it. Yeah, And I just kept doing it for me. It was the first time I had done something for me. <laughs> and, ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't have feeling. <laughs> and it was actually about me and trying to figure it out. And so, you know, I kept going. And after six months, I was off of pretty much everything. And I was like, okay, there's something crazy to this. Like, I don't understand. So then I started trying to figure out, like, what is it that it's doing for myself while teaching a few others and uh, at the job that I worked for and I just kept going and you know 14 years later I'm with my own private practice in Florida and use yoga as my primary modality for helping others yeah and um, yeah and we run and I also run sub shops out of it it's kind of turned into my passion project so those children that have a brother or sister with a disability that desperately need a community that i did not have right now have a place to come and be and they don't even really have to even tell their story they just all know that they're there for the same thing and they and generally have a good time where there's afternoon that's about them yes (laughs) and not and not about other things at home yeah, and it's and it's interesting 
Well, for me, because I, I, so I never got to go to a sim shop. Just, well, one, I didn't know they existed until I was probably in college. And then I learned that they existed in general. And I was like, oh, had I had that when I was a kid, probably would have loved it. Because then you have, like, friends who actually understand what you're talking about. Or not even friends, but you're just, like, in a class that someone actually understands what you're saying. Or, you know, you don't have to, like, think about it. Because you all have that in common. But it's this thing where as I've see as I see them now sometimes it's like for me it's this thing where I feel like a lot of times it's like oh you know if you're 12 and under they're really great because you're you're a kid you're kind of with your family you get to meet other kids and then there's a space that's kind of lacking when they get older but the other difference is that you are a sim versus I feel like there are sim shops that are kind of run by non-sims but I don't know if you have any thoughts on that I do. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders uh, in a county just north of me does run them to a to a point. They specifically, you have to have autism or related disorder. The sibling has to have autism or related disorder to go. Okay. Whereas I'm open to anything. It could be a yeah. mental illness. It could be a physical disability. It could be whatever. And they're not sibs. And so it, I don't know. Like I... I remember when I, fr- I didn't know what they were. Um, mm-hmm. I literally showed up at the Sibling Leadership Network conference in, I think it was 2019. They were in St. Paul. Okay. There was a thing that came across my Facebook feed one time. It was like, oh, there's this conference that's just for siblings. And I went, uh, excuse me? Had no idea what this yeah. what this organization was. or And it was funny because a few months prior, I had reached out to the sibling support project, just looking to see if there was any support networks for adult sibs in Florida. And they got me in touch with the Florida Sibling Alliance. I just didn't realize I was talking to the Don Meyer. I had no idea who he was. Oh, that's crazy. Like, I mean, mean, who he is now, but like, yeah, I mean, you don't know. You don't know. (laughs) I didn't didn't know. Just this man from the organization emailed me back and was like, here, check this out. I was like, okay, thank you. Um, And I was looking to start my own for kids, not knowing that there was a curriculum already out there. And so when I went to the conference, they're like, hey, we do, you know, Emily got up and was announced that she was the new president of the organization and said, hey, I do run these, you know, run trainings. And so three months later, I'm on a plane to Texas going, okay, let's do this thing. Oh, wow. And, you know, it was just like, and that was at a time where, you know, my father wasn't doing well. I was running between here and New York. And I was like, what's an extra stop in a time zone over at this point? Right. (laughs) Practically living on a plane. Yeah. I think that summer I had no idea what time zone I was in or what, what was yeah, happening. You, you kind of like wake up, get a plane, go to sleep, eat dinner, shower somewhere in there, and then like next next day. <laughs> it was it was yeah. crazy, but anyway, we made it happen. Um, I think it was right before one of my brother's meetings, so because you know, <laughs> Midland, Texas, is on the way to Rochester, New York, in some yeah. capacity on an airplane. But yeah, it was it it was interesting. So I was probably one of the only sibs that went. So they had me sit on the adult panel oh, of other siblings that interesting. were local. Yeah, it was interesting. Like people were just like, trying to bring it to their organizations. And my husband went with went with me. Okay. More of he works um in the foster care system. So kind of how okay. you were gonna bridge that gap between like foster and biological siblings. Yeah. Um 
I don't separate those out. If the foster, if it's a foster sib that has a disability, people are more than welcome. Like I don't, yeah. I don't really turn people away. Yeah. Uh, if, if it's a need and it, you know, it was just kind of like one thing, you know, when things are supposed to fall, like, I don't believe in a whole lot of woo woo stuff, but everything like kind of fell into that. And then, you know, 2020 happened. So sib shops didn't happen until 2021, I think. Oh, okay. Um, I try to partner with other organizations. I mean, I run my own small business. So I was like, Hey, is there a nonprofit that would like to partner up do any and i couldn't get any traction with other people i said screw it and then i found my i was sharing an office at the time so i found my own office and said we're gonna do this now <laughs> oh there you go what all else fails just do it yourself that's like isn't that a sip thing like <laughs> yeah so very much so because i remember when the, the when you told me about the conference from the sibling leadership network i was like they they have a conference because i i knew they existed but it, it was this thing where when I was trying to look at resources, I was kind of going in loops a little bit because they're all connected, but it's like, they're just, right. they're just really big too, which, which I get, but it, I don't yeah. think they used to, um, so what they used to do is they would piggyback with the American Association for Intellectual and Developmental Disabilities. They have a conference every year. And so oh, I guess, SN I S yeah, SLN would do every other year so they would do the weekend before the other conference started yeah. and the last one that was in person was 2019 2021 uh it was the only conference i went to that summer where i didn't have any responsibilities that changed 2021 i <laughs> uh was there virtually but i led a yoga class to help de-stress some of the sibs and i'm yeah. sure i didn't they got a new president and so oh, okay. I didn't, so they're, they didn't, they didn't do the, I haven't heard anything to be quite honest, but okay. I haven't heard anything about the conference and usually it's June-ish. So I'm guessing that that's, they're either not having one or they're trying to revamp and figure out what it is that they're going to do. Yeah. I will agree with some bonuses to having it online because then there's people from all, literally all over the world. Yeah. And, so that was, you know, that was really nice. And just having the ability, because a lot of people wouldn't be able to travel, right? And so it was just, that was nice. And then Don did like a special like cooking with Don and we all made dinner together, like virtually. Oh. And, and like, yeah. it, it, I thought it was a good time. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but like I still had a good time. So I hope they bring back the in-person um, I know they've been doing a lot of online like symposiums and I yeah. spoke on one forget what it was for though. Is that our careers? I don't remember, but um yeah, so I try to stay somewhat involved and in, you know, they have a podcast as well. So definitely yeah. have been listening to that. And yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, there, there's just so much stuff. Like, as I've been talking with a lot of siblings, it's interesting the the different, like, good and bad that comes with being a sibling, because it's just, it's so different for everyone, but yet it's very much a camaraderie thing of we feel the very, like, similar pain points 
at the same time, even though, like, it can be different, because mm-hmm. even though, like, but yeah, so even though, so my parents stayed married, um, but it's interesting because as I've gotten older, kind of when you're talking about, like, you know, the, trying to find the, finding something to fill, like, this hole that you didn't know what it was, and it's, it's interesting because I feel like more recently, probably like, probably after I moved out of my parents' home, it's this thing where I also feel like it's a, it's like a different space that I needed to find for me. What so and, I, and it's it's taken a little bit to kind of go through all the, you know, this all the stuff that you kind of deal with when you live with your sibling and your parents and then you kind of have to trans it translates into like your adulthood and i think navigating that space has been a little uh bumpy (laughs) to say the least i you know what i found difficulty was in transitions like i did okay going to college like college i was like heck yeah let's get out like i was ready good and ready to go i went uh 14 hours away from home like i was like out the door and running yeah. But then after I finished, there was, I had this really hard time with like that life transition, like transitioning into, okay, you're not in school anymore. This is yes. life. And that, yeah. what is life going to mean? And, you know, I just don't think for a while I didn't talk about it. Like I might've mentioned something to my classmates in OT school that was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I have a brother on the spectrum. And that, and it was like, oh, okay. And that was it. Yeah. Like there wasn't really, I don't think until social media, I don't think many of us used our voices. Like I know I didn't, I didn't start my blog until. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I didn't start my blog until the pandemic and it was more of. Oh, I know it was that recent that you had started it. I thought you had had it for like mm-hmm. slightly longer than that, but, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. No, it was maybe just before shutdown. And it was more of like, I needed a place to just vomit anything that came to my brain. So (laughs) the first couple ones were more of just whatever thought or anything that was bothering me just kind of came up. I just kind of, it's like an online diary. And then I branched out and had other, you know, siblings come on and tell their Mm -hmm. stories or, you know, another sib that became, um, you know, a financial planner. He's writing a, a piece for me now. And another, you know, there was another a law firm even reached out to me and was like, hey, can we oh, wow. share share this information? It was just the difference between Social Security and Social Security Disability. And I was like, absolutely, because I don't know anything about that. And Yeah, it's like, I didn't know that that was a difference, but... It makes sense that it is now when I think about the parents, the conversation I would have with my parents, but it just it doesn't cross your mind until you have to deal with it. Like, and I don't, and, and some of it was my father got sick in January of 2019 and then passed in October of 2020. And so okay. I was, I was that caregiver. It was the ultimate club sandwich issue. And I didn't, okay. it was like, okay, so now we got this. And I was taking care of my father and I couldn't get my brother down I couldn't do it both at the same time right and so okay got my father here settled got him into an assisted living facility and then 
got my brother down here <laughs> the first weekend of March of 2020. Oh, um, gosh. And was like, oh, hey, here we go. Um, yeah, no, but that December of 2019, the group home's calling and saying we had to admit him to the hospital. He's having issues with tachycardia. And I was like, okay, yeah, no, we're not leaving him up there yeah. anymore. Um, me and Southwest got real tight as far as <laughs> I feel like I was just using them as my own personal jet at that point. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was rough. And it was like, okay. I mean, I was probably in brain fog for a good three years. Yeah. And it's like, even without that, it's already, it was already hard for people as it was. And then now you're dealing like with your dad and your brother and moving them and like do with the, whatever chaos that is, that is, it exists. Entailed with all of that. And then, yeah. you know, somebody, it was funny on the S- SLN, um, podcast somebody and said and then the condiments are like all the systems and things you need to learn so I had to become my brother's rep payee what does that mean um you know just like all of the other systems yeah I had to learn yeah the state of Florida's way of doing things oh and, right you know, yes I, every state has their own method of whatever they're doing yeah if they have you know a waiver a Medicaid waiver what that looks like and what yeah. you know it was just I saw the writing on the wall. So I, you know, for me personally, I made a plan long, but my father wouldn't talk about it. He was like, Nope, I'm fine. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. you've, you've had seven heart ablations. You need to have this. Oh my like, gosh. You need to have something in writing and a pacemaker. Like the, yeah. you're not, you're not invincible here. Like, yeah. And you know, what is guardianship? What does guardianship mean? What are the responsibilities that you have with that? How does every state, deal with yeah. that differently do you have to inform the state do you, like what <laughs> there was just so many different things and so prior to even that some of the nonprofits i work with would come you know would have a financial planner an attorney mm-hmm. come in and talk about these things for the clients that, and i would always like can i can i come i know it's like for parents yeah. but yeah. like is that okay? And they're like, sure. And I frantically would take notes, follow up with the speaker and be like, okay, then I went and then found an attorney to just have on standby. That's yeah. Cause were you on the paperwork for your brother before all of, all of the stuff that happened? Oh, okay. No. And so what, cause when he turned 18, I wasn't old enough to be honest. Paperwork. Oh, okay. Right. I was only 14 and so they couldn't have a minor listed as yeah. you know so my uncle was the next one in line who had dementia that could not oh. stand in front of a court of law oh. and make a decision for anybody. Oh no. Yeah. And so I'm on yelling at an attorney's office cuz I had reached out maybe six months prior to him being sick and was like we need this is something you need to do like you just yeah, need to issue. add me yeah. Like just add me as, um, as yeah. the, like the next person in line. Like, and then as things got closer, I called the attorney. I was like, can we make it co-guardian? So that if anything happens, I don't have to show up in court in New York and say, I like, I don't have to go to court. Like, we don't have to do this again. Like, yeah, yeah, it, you know, yeah, right. So he would just fall off and then I would be on there and it's not a separate court proceeding, yes. which is usually not something they do, but in this circumstance, it may sense yeah and i just remember talking to the paralegal like i don't understand the rush 
And I was like, something is going, like, I knew probably three months prior to him actually being in a hospital. I was like, something's going on. I don't know what it is. But yeah. I'm telling you, and two, it's not your business. It's your job. Get it done. Like, I yeah. need to be at it. Like, why are yeah, we having Like, like you're going to pay right them and they're, like, they're going to do, like, I don't, why is there a conflict of interest? <laughs> So then I'm yelling at somebody from an ICU room from the law firm going, this should have been dealt with. Uh, long story short, they did get it filed prior to his yeah. passing, but it was just like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> and, you know, so then I like to share these conversations with the parents that I work with because it's like, yeah. you need to have a plan. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Even though, you know, here in Florida is like a 22,000 plus wait list for services. Oh, um, yeah, I know. Uh, That's, we'll, yeah. We'll, leave, we'll leave Florida politics yeah, yeah, out we'll of leave that out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that part out of it. But yeah. We'll leave that part out of it. But there is, you know, there's certain, and I tell them, I was like, tomorrow's not guaranteed. So if you end up in the hospital incapacitated something, yep. at least there's a file somewhere that yep. says you've applied. Exactly. Yep. And that you're on the wait list and then it mm-hmm. becomes a crisis and they can escalate it. So yeah, having just that, like, surprisingly enough, the paperwork's really not that bad. Like, I was surprised. <laughs> like, I was expecting, like, this novel that I was oh, going to have. Yeah. That. Like you... And I was like, oh, the application's pretty simple and proof of diagnosis and, we're... <laughs> and a state ID, that's it. I was like, okay, I can. Oh, okay. like I can provide that. Like it's yeah, I have the paperwork. For, yeah, it's kind of like if you set the bar at a certain, if you just have really low expectations, and you just you can only be pleasantly surprised after that because it's your expectations are so bad. Which I feel like all siblings on some level have that inherently built in, right? Like I go, I go into a situation, I'm just like these things are just going to be bad and happen, and then sometimes they don't happen. I'm like, oh. And then my husband makes fun of me because he's like, see, it's not that bad. But other times, <laughs> I'm right. And I'm like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, I feel like it's built in because you just, like, you just don't know. You don't know if your sibling's going to, like, run away. They're going to throw a tantrum. They're just going to be really happy and just, like, have a good time. And they're like, oh, I was worried for no reason. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it was funny because at, so when I got married, it was this thing where my parents said, hey, like, don't worry, we'll take care about, we'll take care of, of Angela and, like, whatever they had to do to make sure she was okay. Well, she was fine. But the one that cracks me up was we were at dinner, and then so the DJ has music going where everyone's, like, walking around, dancing, eating, whatever. And so my parents are, like, they're starting to freak out because they're, like, oh, where did she go? Right? And then they're, like, asking their friends. And I'm, like, standing right there with my husband, and we're, like, She's fine. She's right there. She's just, like, dancing, having a good time. And it's like, yeah, like, she, you just don't know. Like, it's, it's a, that is a We learn to catastrophize things. Like, yeah. I think that's part of it is just because you, you don't know what you don't know. And yeah. you don't know how, nobody knows how the next minute is going to play out. So it just becomes intensified. I think we were at my brother's house this past weekend and we got him to use his tablet and he asked for a ride. So I was like, okay, let's go for a ride. Like no big deal. It was just like, he was nice and calm and like bopping in in the car and music. And was, I was like, okay, that was all right. Like I was expecting more of like a fit. (laughs) He didn't go get something to eat or, you know, you know, something, but no, he was, he was just happy to be out riding around. We went and drove by the water and yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the the last time I saw my sister, I think she was 
it was like this mix of like she was happy and then she got upset which I think she's more upset at her routine not so much me but it's just this thing where like oh like you're fu- I don't know it, it's all everything is unknown I feel like but it's it also confused it, it's like it confuses me but I still love her but it's confusing but like I have my own stuff to work through I don't know there's a lot of complexity like in that yeah yeah, I could. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, and then your mom's been like out of the picture for a while. Like your mom's still alive, but she's been out of the picture for you for a while, I think. Right. Correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that. Well, I'm sure that's its own kind of uh, whatever that's you want to talk own about. Hour and yeah. Okay. <laughs> <or> longer. <laughs> that is that is fair. That that that's why I just wanted. I think I just I want to bring up more so that in general kind of people I think that for me the the diversity of just like where siblings are at and their parents situation yeah. is just important to recognize so we can just recognize that she's not in the picture we can kind of like it's an, I think it's just good for people to hear that there are siblings that are that's just all different like you have to move a lot they have to move like right. yeah that's all yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, get it. totally get nice. it cool um other I don't know I feel like that was most of the things that I had in mind um but did you have anything else no I just hope that you know the more podcasts and the more sibling voices that are out there I mean I don't I don't do TikTok my husband informs me but there's so many sibs on TikTok I'm like okay um not my generation I don't, not, yeah, my, I, <laughs> not my generation. I don't, I, I'm going to date myself for a minute, but like, I, that's not, I mean, I find a few on Instagram. That's, you know, yeah. like where we met. Mm-hmm. It's where I found the Global Autism Project. It's where I found this thing. There's other sibs out there that are yes. either running their own business or other, you know, occupational therapists or uh, BCBAs, uh, behavior board certified behavior analysts. I forget that sometimes I talk in medical terms and people don't know what I'm talking about. Um, You know, and it's, it, or there's a lot that are social workers, um, you know, and finding your tribe is kind of important. I mean, Sibnet on Facebook, I don't know if you've had a chance to join that yet, but there's um, just like, I think they've got over 6,000. There's a lot of Sibs out there. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> people go through a lot. Let's just, I'm going to leave it at that. Because um, yeah. it is supposed to be a closed group. Sorry, parents, you are not allowed. Right. Um, which is, like that, I don't use it as much anymore. But in when I was going through everything with my father and stuff, it was a really nice place to not only vent, but like get, support from like oh I've been there this is you know try this or do that or I was looking um before I started back traveling internationally again last year trying to figure out like how to link a prepaid debit card to my brother's trust so if they wanted money to go out or something and I wasn't around that I could I could do something from like an app or or something I have to keep that in mind that's a I never had thought about that as an option. So I will, I will keep that in mind. No, it's a true link card. You can connect it to an account or you can, and the nice thing is I can 
it's it's like a spying tool too. I will pay yeah, you can watch all the transactions, right? <laughs> uh, right. I know when yeah. he's left the house, he hasn't left the house, what he's been doing, what he went to yeah. go eat, when he's gone clothes shopping. Like I can yeah. literally see everything and go, Oh, there was a spike in behavior in April. Well, nobody took him out. And this is why then I know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I was like I, people complain about the fee, but I was like, I will pay you $12 a month to spy on um, <laughs> what they're doing. And that just keeps me kind of in the loop without going, what'd you do this week? Did you take them out? Did you do this? Did you do that? I don't yeah. have to do that. And when I'm traveling, I can't do that anyway. So I, or cause it's usually working. Like I'm not, Oh, you right. know, a lot yeah. of, it's not, <laughs> not all fun, not all fun, some fun, but not all. And I wanted just something quick so I could look to see, oh, we're having an issue. Or if they needed, they were doing a special trip. They said, hey, we're going to go to Disney. All right, here's a hundred bucks. Like, yeah. Have fun. <laughs> like, yeah. And, it does, and go enjoy it does, yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was an easy way to kind of spy on the situation, sort of, kind of. And it just kind of made me feel better. And I didn't have to, kind like the house manager didn't have to worry about would there be funds or not? Or, um, so the way they had it, well, ended up, he had both an able, well, the able accounts pretty much went down now. So when the government gave the COVID relief funds, mm-hmm. we had all this extra money and the money can't sit there, even though Medicaid said, Oh no, 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 it won't get, but we're still not allowing you to have more than $2,000 in this account. And I'm like, well, then you keep giving me COVID relief funds. What am I supposed yeah. to do with it? I'm like, I can't yeah, spend. Yeah, you can't sit. The, yeah, you can't do anything enough. with it. Yeah. So I opened an able account and then have just gradually spent it down on anything that he needed. Um, yeah. I we privately pay for the psychiatrist. That's my own trust issues with the system. Um, okay. And you know those kind of things. So if he needed anything, really. Yeah. Um, I would, I, every calming tool you can think of, I got him essential oils. I could like, I could do all the things that from afar that I knew that I could, Yeah. could, and have the, you know, a means to do that. And then when my father passed, this is a note to parents, don't do it this way. Um, <laughs> he put the trust in the will. So then I had to go try to figure Ooh. out how okay. to set up a trust. And then the estate couldn't be closed until that part of the will was fulfilled. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Get the trust ahead of time. And- yeah. That- oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because my parents just have the tr- they they have a living trust, and that's how they've set it up. Because they probably yeah to avoid what you're what you just described. <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay. But then nobody told me how to how do I take money out of the trust? Like, how am I supposed to, like, how do I get funds so that he can go do whatever he wants to go do? Yeah. And so finally it was on Sunnet. They're like, Oh, try true link. This is what we do. And then confirmed with the attorney saying, is this ex- like, is this acceptable? Can yeah, I, right, right. Like, yeah. I recommend it to all my guardians. You're fine. And I was like, perfect. And so I oh. set it up and was like, here you go. And so yeah. they, it's, it's a prepaid debit card. Right. So I right. Have... But it makes it easy because you can control it. Then they don't have to worry about like they've overspent under because you literally can't overdraft or anything because it's literally once it runs out, it runs out. That's it. Which is, yeah, because that's something I had thought about before. Because like, the whole thing was, I remember when my parents set up 
when we talked about conservatorship and then they set up the living trust, it's very much like, if they're both incapacitated, I would have to, like, it's on me, right? And, because that could be through anything. It could be car accident, plane crash, like, that could be anything. Like, like oh. it doesn't matter what the, what causes it. And so I remember I was like, you know, when we, when we become adults, because at that time I was probably, like, 20. And so, like, oh, you know, like, a lot later on, like, oh, how would the... So how does the money work? Because at some point, like, she has to live, but, like, I want her to enjoy herself, but if I want to spend time with her, like, all that money has to be routed somewhere, but prepaid debit cards is, is a great... Yeah, because especially now, because at the time, I wouldn't have predicted that I am 600 miles away from her, right? That could change whenever, but the fact that I'm not literally in the same room, same house, whatever, like, I do have to be able to still manage it, but from any type of distance. And I would also, say... And that's also, you know, I hear people like balk about the fees, but like peace of mind for me, I was like, I pay more than that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like I, okay. It, it's just, and I, it, I had no idea, but that's a, kind of what those support groups are like, I feel like are for like, Hey, I have this question. I don't know how to fix this issue. I know what I'm looking for, but I don't, can somebody, did, did anybody yeah, else set up? done it? Yeah. Right. And that I really think is the biggest thing. Like, how are people doing it? And so now even his old group home back in New York, thank God, shut down. Different story for a different day. Um, okay. But the nurse reached out and she said, hey, we've got this family moving to Florida. Do you mind if I give them your contact information? And so in in the blog, I put, you know, how to apply for med waiver, what qualifies for crisis, how to apply for Medicaid in the state of Florida. And then Q&A that came after that, like after I yeah. posted and people were asking questions. So then I went back and answered those. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that. I mean, that's what it was for. It was just so that I didn't have to keep reinventing the wheel. I can just send people a link. Here, yes. do this. Yep. This doesn't work. Come back to me with questions. And that was kind of more, now it's being turned into a book. But the the... It was just kind of, it was a place to vomit whatever was going on in my brain. But also, like, these are all the things that I had to do. Like, yeah. what is a rep payee? What is their, you know, what are the expectations of a rep payee? Like, what does that mean? And honestly, it doesn't really mean anything other than you're in control of their social security <laughs> funds. Right. And now it's, you know, it was just like nobody. But at the time, I like, you don't know what that is. Like, I have to know what that is. Like, yeah, there's. Yeah. Right. And so and before moving him across state lines, he needed to have like an address here in order to get a driver's license. So uh, the rep payee, all the social security information started coming to me and then a bank account. So then I had two documents that said he lived here. So when I went right. and took, took him to the DMV to get a state issued ID, I had everything, yeah. but it took time to accumulate all the right <laughs> documents like it's not just like oh yeah i flew up one day grabbed him and came back it's not yeah. yeah and i think like when you or at least for me like when i thought about it when i was younger i used to be very much that's how it was in my head like oh like it can't be that complicated because xyz but then there, there's just so much yeah there's just a lot i think there's just a lot of stuff that you just don't realize that needs to be done until you have to actually go do it if it hasn't and, already been done, right? Right, and up. I wasn't the one that set up Social Security. So that's why I was glad the yeah. one attorney, like, reached out to me and said, hey, can I write some I was like, absolutely, because I, I don't know how to guide people 
Yeah. And that because it was already done. So it it was just meant to kind of be a sounding board. And, you know, I've had other sibs that have written, you know, written for me and sent, they've gotten some clapbacks from their parents and things like that. So now I've got some that are like a little nervous. And I was like, no, you you have a right to every emotion that comes to your brain. Yes. And what you've been through. And yes. it's how you perceived the situation and not yes. the way you're being told it was. Like it a hundred percent. That I mean, if that's any if anybody gets anything out of this conversation, it's probably <laughs> yeah. like we and we yeah. may have to work on how we react to those emotions a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we have the right to all of them. Yeah. And that's probably the basis of everything that I do therapeutically at this point. Mm, it was like, yes, okay. you have the right to be mad. Yes, you have the right, you know, and we can't cuss out teachers and parents. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. like, you, you have the right to bad things happen to you. You have the right to have any and all of these emotions. And we need to learn yeah. what to do with them that's a little bit more um, productive. Yes. I had to learn that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and I think that's one of the things that when I started seeing my therapist was a, that was such a, like, mind shift that I was at the beginning so hard to make that it's okay that I'm upset at anybody because my sister just threw a tantrum. And I'm upset. And so what I used to do was I used to just lash out on, at everyone. Like, it didn't matter. Like, if I could be, like, at work or at school, whatever, and I would just project out because I was I, I was feeling all these things, but I never felt that it was okay to be upset at her or my parents or my situation or, like, the day or whatever. And so I, what once I learned that, hey, like, it's fine that you can feel that way, just like what how are you going to route your energy right because it's just it's extra energy that you have like what are you going to do with it and that was it's such a it's like I feel so different now that hey I can just acknowledge hey I'm upset like at my sister or at my parents I'm just gonna acknowledge that I am upset and we're gonna go do something else with all that extra energy they have and so I really like kickboxing and that has helped immensely because it's just I get my, and I mean, I love it from an exercise standpoint, and it helps me get my aggression out. So it's one of those like two for one, I think. But it's, it's made such a difference knowing that it's okay that you have like different feelings other than happy, and it's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It's normal, actually. <laughs> and if you were more like me, like I would tend to retreat in instead of lash out. Like I had, mm. I had moments of it, but it was more of, it was more of behaviors than actually getting like visibly visibly and verbally aggressive or whatever so for me it was more of a shutdown and how can we numb that yes and just (laughs) yeah my family was a we don't say much and i I don't know where i came from because now i talk all the time uh (laughs) i don't know you know i i heard that that's actually dysfunctional oh oh that makes so much sense now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. When I when I started seeing a therapist more recently when all of this started mm-hmm. happening and it was like I when we finally got to the finish line, so my 
fathers and hospice and I have the paperwork for my book like I got the gold well I call it the pretty little gold sticker saying that I was the guardian and it was like yeah. <gasps> like it was just like I finally had a minute to like stop and process everything and all yeah. of the things came in and it was like okay I need to talk to someone <laughs> like yeah, this is a was, lot yeah you got hit by like a bulldozer basically of oh. all all the things yeah I call those uh, and then afterwards there's like this emotional hangover it's like you feel like you've been out drinking and the same physical symptoms are there but it's emotionally related and exactly. nothing to do with the substance yes yeah. I have Sem- felt yes <laughs> I said that might be one of my next blog posts. It's the emotional hangovers where you didn't actually consume anything. And, you know, to me, jet lag feels the same way. It's just, yeah. Yep. And it's like, what are you going to do with that? Right. Yep. Like, and how to move, like move through it. And it, and instead of having a maladaptive behavior, whatever that looks like, whether it's lashing out or numbing or mm-hmm. whatever, um, you know, what are you going to do with that energy to kind of move yeah. through it? Every time I have an issue with my brother, it's like, oh, that's it. I'm closing the business. I can't do anything. Like it, <laughs> it spirals into all of these things. And yes. Like, yep. Yep. I feel it. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's actually not what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like all the spiraling is such, it's such a real thing. Like I, as a kid, I would do it all the time. And then as I got older, it was, it was interesting when, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but just as I would, as I would spiral in real time, people would make these either comments or like, tell me I was thinking too much or why are you so panicked about it? Or like, why, blah, blah, blah. And like, which at that time did not help. Cause you know, I'm 15, like you're not helping me. Like you need to fix it. And now it's so interesting as an adult, cause, cause I've fortunately I've done a lot of work to help kind of work on that. And so it's this thing where I can, yeah, I'll have those like hours where I'm like, it's coming. I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. We need to go do something else. Calm down, (laughs) go for a walk. Yeah. It's just, I need to regulate so that it's, and it's okay. Like it's like, I'm going to have like, you know, everyone has their like spiral moments. I guess we can call it that, but it's that the spiraling is such a real such a, a real and it way. has nothing to do with what's in front of you so it was like exactly some, yes something that happened during my brother's meeting that I wasn't happy about but didn't say something out loud until I processed it and then it translated into everything else that was going on yes. it was like we didn't meet our monthly goals this month and, da, 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 and it was just kind of this whole <laughs> like that hadn't that particularly what was going on in my business had <laughs> nothing to do with what you know, what's going on with my sib, although, you know, it's, it's life, right? So it doesn't yes. matter if you have a sibling or you're taking care of an aging parent or you're, you're, or maybe you took in a, your niece or nephew and then you have like, it, it, insert life issue here. Yeah. And then, you know, how it affects everything. Everything. Yeah. And that's something that I started to realize kind of in the more, probably like last year, or so is this thing where someone can say something at work and has absolutely nothing to do with anything. Like we're just at work, right? People are working, things are happening, but someone will say something. And like, I used to 
it made me realize that in my all my other previous jobs, I used to take those things and harbor them and be like, oh, I need to fix this for these people or for myself or for my supervisor or whatever. And now I'm like, no, like, they're, no, like, those are two separate, that's nothing to do with me or my situation. Mm -hmm. It's just, they're doing their job or not doing their job or whatever, but as absolutely no connection to my life at all and I don't need to feel like I need to own that and then fix it for anybody <laughs> and that's yeah yeah uh, my husband will call me out, out on some of that as well as like mm, is that really what's going on here yeah my oh. husband does the same thing he asks is that in your head or is that actually happening in real life and it's yes yeah <laughs> Yeah. No, I I get it, and I think <laughs> I think through the eyes of like the siblings, I have a hard time with people that don't understand empathy. Mm. And so it's like, how do you even come to that conclusion? Like, do you have any clue of like the rest <laughs> of the world? Like, I get this, yeah. But then you know it starts to spiral again. And so I mean, insert any recent event, and and I'm just like. I don't understand what is happening. So I literally cannot watch the news. Yes. Can, cannot. Yeah. Cause then it goes yeah. right back to sim mode of like, I don't, if you just spent a day with me, like maybe you would realize. And I, my husband's like, stop trying to save the world. I'm like, listen, <laughs> like if we would, and you know, that kind of, yeah. you know, my work with the global autism project and they're always bringing like behavior yeah. professionals. And I'm like, but there's other ways. Yes. <laughs> yep, I'm going yep. to make sure everything stays humane. Cause my brother had, there was a lot of um, maltreatment and neglect when he was in New York. And so I just okay. kind of got on this mission of like, no, 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 I'm going to, whatever you're doing, we're going to make sure it's humane. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, comes from a very good, it comes from a real place. Like it's not like you're trying to just change the world. Like you're trying to make it to, so that it's, better and more concrete and people are more care like it comes from such a real place of of real hurt and like want and want it for better and i have a really hard time recently especially like in and around tampa going out with my brother because i just i, I just don't feel like it's safe like orlando same thing there's just yeah stuff happening that i'm like i what's gonna happen if i am out like that mm -hmm. the the fear is real. Yeah. Um, and so it's just kind of like, how do you even think like it just people that don't have empathy, I have a really hard time with. So I even have like a hard time with, you know, I take on occupational therapy students sometimes. Okay. And when they, I'm like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I just, sometimes, sometimes I'm like, what is happening right now? And husband's like they don't have I'm not gonna say how 40 some odd years of experience with this and he laughs at me and was like you have to not everybody has the same level of experience and so I found that you know people that don't have any experience don't do well in my setting and so oh, if they okay. they have to have had something um yeah. you know I had one student who's a therapeutic recreation specialist first that made okay. sense. She did great. I even hired her. There's, yeah. uh, you know, there was another one that worked for, that did direct care. Okay. Totally got it. She was great. Okay. 
Okay. One that had no experience just floundered, just could not. Oh. And, you know, I get, you know, a lot of, because sometimes people can't correlate yoga and, and, and autism or yoga and severe disability. Okay. And so I get the ones that are like, we've tried everything else. Now what? And oh, I see. Okay. Right. So I can get a lot of interesting cases sometimes and not all of which I can pass off to a student because that you really do have to have that level of empathy and background to one not take behaviors personally right uh, not escalate yourself when they happen yes and you know if you've never seen somebody with profound autism that yells and does weird movements that it may startle your own fight or flight without even you noticing. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what I found. So now I have a questionnaire. Like you have to like, yeah, to kind of screen people and then evaluate. It's it's not to be malicious, but I want them to be successful. And for some people that's just not in their wheelhouse and it, it may not ever be as a clinician and that's okay. That's okay. That's, you know, and just, I'd rather have a really successful experience for a student than to have one that, you know, potentially didn't work out. So. No, and that that makes sense. And it's, I think that's something like, I definitely, as an adult, it makes a lot of sense when you're the student applying to like 10,000 places, you definitely don't understand that. But it's, it's one of those look behind 2020 vision things that you understand in retrospect always. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Well, um, I guess we'll close off um, with our words of encouragement. Are there any other words of encouragement you would like to give to our fellow siblings out there? One, develop your own plan. Uh, Just have an idea in your back pocket. It doesn't have to agree or align with what your parents' plan is. (laughs) Just have something in the back and know who you can, you know, reach out to um as far as that goes and you know just know that like like we just talked about that whole you know we've been all of us have been through a lot and just know that there's other people out there that get it too yeah for sure cool well thank you for being on the podcast thank you for inviting me Thanks for listening to this episode of the Special Needs Sibling Podcast. It's definitely a tough journey being a sibling out there, so I hope you feel encouraged listening to other siblings share their stories. Here's a couple of ways you can support the podcast. Number one, tell all your friends. We definitely need listeners to listen to the show. Number two, please subscribe wherever you're listening to stay up to date on new siblings sharing their stories. Number three, you can support us on Patreon. Even a small contribution can help keep the podcast up and running. And last but not least, if you're a fellow sibling, please consider being on the show. We definitely can't keep this show going without you. Even if it seems scary getting your story out there, know that only you can tell your story and that we're all here to support you. And even if you don't want to be recorded, that's totally fine. I'd be more than happy to chat offline with any of you out there who want to continue to build this community of special needs siblings. 
Until next time, this is the Special Needs Sibling Podcast.